say that is one of my favorite prayers before a, a sermon. We have come with open hearts. It is so difficult sometimes to go through the week, the ups and downs of it, the everything that you face this week, and to come to this place with an open heart. So I'm so glad that that was our our prayer together this morning. Um, I'm wondering if you have ever seen a certain type of movie. Um, it's the one where there's a group of people. They look a little different in each of these movies. It might be a sports team or a family, maybe even a ragtag group of friends that has everything against them. And they, um, they're going along in this movie, and all of a sudden they encounter a huge setback. Um, we watch them struggle for a few scenes, sometimes a little longer than it should be. And then suddenly, somebody realizes the answer. They know um, how to fix whatever problem they, they've encountered. Um, and they give this great, moving, meaningful, sometimes brings you to tears type of speech. And it rallies the troops and it gets everybody excited. Have you ever seen a movie like this? Okay, yes. So if it's a sports movie, they go out and win the championship, right? And like, you know, a crazy number to zero, they go out and win. But in most of the movies like that, the speech is the same. It's very, uh, very similar in theme. And the, the speech that's given or the scene that changes things, it focuses on the identity of the group. Um, the motivator talks about who these people are. It talks about what it is that brings them together, um, what it is they believe in, how far they've come, um, and why it matters that they keep fighting. So I hope you have a picture in your minds of, of a movie like that. That's kind of what we're going to do over the next few weeks. Um, like Mary Beth said, we're starting a series today about the building blocks of our faith. We've got some literal building blocks. If you uh, need, need the visual, I think it's nice to have. Um, and we're doing these, looking at these fundamentals of our faith, building up to Easter so that we can celebrate the resurrection with full joy that's fed by this foundational understanding of who it is we are and what it is we believe. I think sometimes we get to Easter and we're so excited and there's joy and you know great clothes and all kinds of uh, wonderful excitement, um, but we miss the journey from where we are in our everyday to Easter. So that's what we're going to try to do over the next um, however many weeks this is of, of Lent um, and looking at a different piece of this each, each week. Um, so, to kick things off this morning, we're going to start by talking about a God who reveals. And I'd like to hear from you first before I tell you anything else. Um, when you hear the words reveal or revelation, what is it that you think of? I think I heard the Bible, creation, Jesus, secrets, mystery perhaps. Magic, put in quotes, yeah. Got some. The drawing back of the curtain. Oh, I like that. There's something behind that we're gonna we're gonna see. Anything else come to mind? Okay, beautiful. So revelation is a key behavior of God. Um, actually, just so we're really clear, we are not talking about the book of Revelation this morning. I don't want anyone to think that's where that's where we're going. Um, not that we couldn't, but it's just not where we're going this morning. Um, 
but yeah, so this is this this is a key behavior of God. It's something that we know that God does, has done, does repeatedly, will do in the future. Everything that we know or understand about God, everything that's been written or heard about God, all of these things fall in this category of revelation. And the word revelation unites these two biblical ideas. Uh, one of unveiling, of this, this pulling back the curtain, this disclosure, appearing, this coming of God. And the other one of a making known. You can think of it like an exhibition, a manifestation, an expression of these divine mysteries that have been previously concealed. So when we say God is revealed, we mean that the mystery of God's presence is unveiled. Um, God's redemptive purposes towards humanity are made known through God's revelation. So our starting point is going to be John 1. If you'd like to uh, follow along, we're going to read John 1, starting right at the beginning of the chapter in verse 1 and going through verse 18. Um, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, which is the translation in the Pew Bible, so if you are reading something different, it might sound a little different. So John 1, 1. In the beginning, the Word, talking about Jesus Christ here, already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of John's testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light, the one who was the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him, all who accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word, Jesus Christ, became human, and he made his home among us. The word was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about this Son when he shouted to the crowd, This is the one I was talking about when I said someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From the Son's abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He, the Son, Jesus Christ, has revealed God to us. So thinking about how it is that God reveals, uh, we heard even some, some thoughts from you about how it is that God reveals, and this picture of scripture in Scripture sets up a, a beautiful idea for us about how it is that God reveals. Jesus Christ is the first place that we can see, the best place that we can see a picture of who God is. Jesus is the clearest picture of God's revelation to us. Every other way that's ever been, uh, that God has ever been revealed becomes clear. When you think about what you, uh, what you learn about God through scripture or creation or, or any other way that God's revealed, all of those things become clearer in the person of Christ. 
um, God's just character and compassion for people was revealed to the Israelites in the form of the law of Moses. That was one way that, that God was revealed. But then in Jesus' life, he gives a fuller picture of how God is just, in, in what ways it, um, that God brings justice, and what it means to be truly compassionate. Um, so everything in the Hebrew scriptures, everything in the Old Testament was leading up to this Messiah, right? They're waiting for a savior. They're waiting um, for this one, this unique one, who the angels sing about. Every proclamation, declaration, revelation about God previously was fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. So that's one place where that we know how God uh, reveals or how God is revealed. Another way um, is, is, is scripture, right? It's the, the book of the Bible that we, that we read and learn from. Um, if you think all the way back to the beginning of scripture, thinking about Adam and Eve in the garden and the way that they knew God, the interactions that they had. Scripture talks about how God walked with them, how God had this intimate relationship um, of physically being with them and being in conversation with them. After sin drove a wedge between God and humans, the, the ways of revelation became a little bit different, but it doesn't mean that God ever stopped trying to communicate with humans. Um, in Scripture, we have this picture of kind of a general revelation to all humanity. The way that God shows up in Scripture is something that teaches all of us about who God is. Um, think about the covenant with Noah and all of Noah's descendants, aka everybody. Um, the covenant that God makes with Noah is a symbol or a, a signal of God's intention to care for all humanity. God promises to never destroy the earth again, and that's a, a signal of God's intention to care for all humanity. Throughout, um, throughout all of scripture, we see quite a unique list of ways that God is revealed, the ways, the ways that God shows up. God speaks in dreams uh, to people. God chooses individuals to speak and to work through. Uh, God shows up in nature, which we'll talk about a little bit more. Um, so if you were to look at all of those ways, you see that, that revelation is not a one-size-fits-all situation. God continues to show up to individuals, to groups of people, um, and to all of humanity in unique ways. Something that I do think is really beautiful about the way that God shows up is that it seems to be very personal um, with, with his people throughout Scripture. God shows up when his people are lacking direction and exactly where it is that they need to be. Uh, so Hebrews 1, 1 through 3 it says, long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in the last days, um, he has spoken to us by a son, who he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being, and he sustains all things by his powerful word. So this is a, it's kind of, um, kind of a, a mirror scripture, kind of a summary of what we read in John 1, that, um, and it's what we see all throughout scripture, that that God uses different ways, and that Jesus is one of those main ways to, um, to reflect God's glory and to show the exact imprint of God's very being. Um, a third way that we see God revealed is in creation, right? Romans uh, 1.20 says, Ever since the creation of the world, God's eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things he's made. God didn't just create things. But God gave each piece of creation his imprint. Um, 
think of it this way. My grandfather is a builder, and he's a really good builder. It's, he's done a lot of different things from really small projects to he's worked on barns for most of, most of his life. And this last summer, he came to our home to help us with a little project in our garage. Now, had I not been there that day, had he come in in secret and done this project and left, and I had no idea it was going to happen, I still would have known it was him because he has a trademark in the way that he builds. In that whatever device he's using, a nail or a screw or whatever kind of fastening device, he puts one about every half an inch everywhere that he builds. Yeah, you may have people in your life like this, right? And he's so proud of it because a tornado is going to come through sometime in Midland and everything is going to be torn down except this one frame in our garage. It's just going to be standing because it is so solid. Um, but he's got that trademark, right? You look at this, um, this thing that he created, and I know it was him because of the imprint that he left. And it's the same way with the way that God creates. God did not just create in a way that you can't really tell what happened. But God leaves his imprint on his creation so that you know that God did this. I just think the detail there is incredible and the time that God took to say, I want you to know. I want you to be, I don't want you to have a single doubt. I want you to know that this was my work. Um, I want to read real quick out of the, the Belgic Confession, which is a, a main tenet of the RCA. I just love how it's written in here. The, the article title is the means by which we know God. Um, and it's using some of what we just read out of that Romans passage. But it says first, uh, we know God by two means. First, by the creation, preservation, and government of the universe. Since, the, uh, since that universe is before our eyes, like a beautiful book in which all creatures, great and small, are the letters to make us ponder the invisible things of God. God's eternal power and divinity as the Apostle Paul says in Romans 1.20, that passage we just read. All these things are clear enough to convict humans and to leave them without excuse. Second, God makes himself known to us more clearly by the Holy and Divine Word. Again, capital W, talking about both Jesus Christ and the, the body of Scripture. Um, as, uh, by his Holy and Divine Word, as much as we need in this life for God's glory and for our salvation. In, uh, in scripture, we also see other evidences of people who are amazed by God's creation, right? So David writes in Psalm 8, 3 and 4, he says, When I look at your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you've established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Last weekend, Matt and I went uh, snowshoeing up north, and we're climbing up this hill, and it was much deeper than I expected it to be. I am just huffing and puffing and just really ready to turn around and be done. I said, Matt, I'm really sorry. We just we have to stop. So I am a little distracted by the fact that I'm exhausted and wanting to turn around and go home. But thankfully, I'm sure I, it had to be the Holy Spirit who woke me up and just said, look around. And in that moment, just it wasn't even honestly that dazzling of a place. But there are trees and we're, you can see some of Lake Michigan off in the off in the distance, and just seeing that beauty, you could just feel God. Um, just looking around to see that imprint of what it is, everything around us spoke of God's glory. It was incredible. Um, and it's so easy, right, for us to get, for us to miss these things, for us to miss the ways that God is revealed in creation. We live lives that are really fast-paced, and we're focused on things. It might be achievements, it might be 
our to-do list, whatever it is. We're focused on things that are created rather than the creator of all things. So we have this understanding of how God reveals. So the next question is, what does God reveal? We know that God does reveal, so what is it that God reveals? Um, Revelation is not primarily an imparting of information, but rather a self-giving and self-evidencing of God. If I reveal something to you about myself, that means that I'm not just stating a fact that you could learn from your own observation or from somebody else telling you, right? Me telling you I'm wearing black boots this morning is not revealing anything to you about myself. It's just stating a fact. But revealing something is giving you a look into my character and my personality, into who I am as a person. Um, information that you couldn't have gained otherwise. And that's how it is uh, to, to mean that, that God reveals. Through revelation, we understand who God is. And eventually, we learn who it is that we are because of that understanding. God reveals God's character and eventually our purpose. So in Exodus uh, 3, God reveals his name to Moses. He says, I am who I am. God's name reveals that God is self-existent and that he's self-perpetuating. Um, the other names of God found throughout scripture give us more insight into who God is, right? Um, in Isaiah, it says, I'm the Lord and there is, I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. There is no God apart from me. I love that it says it twice, real, real close together. A righteous God and a Savior, there is none but me. Isaiah 55, God tells us, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. All of these things are telling us things about, um, things about God, learning about God's character, learning about how God shows up and acts and interacts with us. Um, Jesus Christ describes himself as the I am who lived before Abraham. He describes himself as God in the flesh, as the light of the world, as the gate, the good shepherd, the way, the truth, and the life. All of these things are clues. They're all pieces about who God is. But you could tell somebody all these things about yourself with your words, right? You could, you could describe uh, with your words who you are in a way that you want people to believe. I could tell you all these things about myself that I want you to believe this is the way that I am. But more than that, you're going to believe about who I am based on how I act, right? And we get the same picture with God. God doesn't just say, this is who I am. You need to believe that and trust me and take me at my word. But God also acts in history as a way of revelation. Um, God's actions throughout history tells us that God desires justice, God's actions tell us that God is merciful um, and God, and that God has a prevailing interest in the redemption of all creation. We could talk a lot about what it is that God reveals about God's self. Um, but lastly, I want to ask the question, why does God reveal? Um, God is probably powerful enough that God could just make us believe what God needs us to believe. But instead, um, God wants us to see these things to move closer towards God. Through God's revelation, we understand not only God, but ourselves and our purposes better. As Christians, we call ourselves children of God. But if we don't understand who God is, then you can't understand who you are as a child of God. So everybody wants to hear from God, right? You might have this picture in your mind of um, how it is that you'd like God to show up. Usually those ideas um, might be a little self-serving. They might be might require just a little bit of effort from you and maybe a big show from God. Wouldn't it be so cool for God to show up in like blazing lightning? 
I mean, okay, maybe I'm the only one that feels that way. That's okay. But you probably have a picture in your mind of the perfect way for God to show up that would leave you and whoever else you're around without a doubt. Um, and that makes me wonder, why does God want to reveal God's self to us when that's typically what we're after? Is the big show, is the, the, the thing to calm our doubts? Or often, as we, as we read in John and as we see throughout Scripture, a lot of times when God shows up and reveals something, people turn away. People say, no, that, that can't be true, or mm, we must have misheard God. Uh, that happens more and more often. But God's revelation leads us closer to this mended relationship. Ever since the beginning, ever since that sin drove that wedge between God and humanity, God has been working towards this mended relationship with humanity. God is deeply committed to the redemption of all creation. Think about it this way. When we reveal ourselves, when you tell somebody something that um, you might consider a secret, that might be something that nobody knows about you, when you're taking that, that step of vulnerability to share something about yourself in that way, um, you're inviting them into a deeper relationship. When you share something that, um, that intimate about yourself, something in your relationship is going to change. Either I'm going to share something about myself and it's going to scare you or bother you and it's going to push us further away, or I'm going to share this intimate thing with you and it's going to bring us closer. Revealing things about ourselves is actually, um, or you may understand this from a human perspective, it's very vulnerable, it's very humbling. And to think that that's what God has done too. God has become vulnerable, God has become humble in revealing himself to us to say, I know that when I share this with myself about you, you may turn away. You may say, I don't believe that. You may say, that's too much. You may say, I can't handle that. Or it may bring you into closer relationship with God. God's purpose in revelation through history, through scripture, through creation, through Jesus, is all with the intention of our redemption. God doesn't want us to wander around lonely and confused, but by moving mountains and huge bodies of water, by raising people from the dead, by coming to earth as a human, by sending the Holy Spirit to guide us every day, God has revealed his intention to love, to protect, and to redeem us. I think that's so powerful that God is willing to be vulnerable and humble in that position. Um, I want to share one more thing with you that I was convicted of this week as I was thinking about that humility and that vulnerability. Um, and this was the, the sentence that came into my mind. Um, I fully believe that it was the Holy Spirit prodding me with this. And I heard that we can't expect God to show up when we're still relying on ourselves. I wonder if there's a place in your life, um, I know there is in mine, that I just don't want to give up that I'd like to hang on to the control of this area. I'm not ready for God to take it. And I realized this week how big of a barrier that is to revelation. I can't expect God to show up in my life when I'm still fully dependent on myself, when I'm not willing to rely on God. I can't expect God to show up. Um, just as revealing something about yourself is vulnerable and is very humbling. Hearing what somebody else is revealing to you also makes you vulnerable and is a humbling position. Um, 
And that's the, that's the position I want to invite you in, into your relationships with God, to, to take on that posture in your times of prayer, in the way that you're showing up in the world, that you want God to show up. You want God to reveal something. And as you're expecting that, you're giving God full control. Um, so we're going to end this morning uh, with, I've got a couple of questions that if you want to write them down, find a blank spot or a piece of paper in your bulletin, something like that. Just some questions for you to consider um, while a song is playing. And um, the first one is, is there anything that you need to let go of in order to invite God more fully into your life? Um, the questions will be on the screen, so don't worry about remembering what they are, but just to give you an idea. Um, the second question is, what has been revealed to you about God? And then how would you like to experience God's revelation? Um, so we're just going to take a few minutes to consider those things. You can look at one question or three questions. Um, that's between, between you and God. Thank you. 
Amen. At this time, we're going to invite the ushers to receive our morning offering, and we're going to sing a song of response, thanking God for his revelation. So if you did take some time to fill out that communication card, you can place it in the offering plate as it is asked. 